1: Untold Physio Stories listeners can save 10% by going to Edgemobsys.com. That's E D G E M O B S S S Y S dot com slash Untold to save 10% off their first purchase. Edge Health and Tech Solutions. We do websites that work for you and give you an edge over the competition. Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. E, with Modern Manual Therapy, Edge Mobility System, and our online four-month mentoring program, Modern Rehab Mastery. And one of my faculty members and uh, co-host is
0: Dr. Ranger Rothschild with uh, Modern Patient
1: Education. And of course, we have to mention that if you haven't checked it out already and you're a physical therapist or a PT student or someone just interested in rehab in general, you got to check out Movers and Mentors. A new book that Andrew and I are featured in with uh, PTs who are probably way more famous than both of us and uh, we're both honored to really be in it.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, So anyway, if you guys checked out last episode, Andrew talked about an interesting case of a cyclist and that made me think of a recent cyclist that I actually had seen. So uh, he was referred to me by one of my colleagues and friends who is an amazing cyclocross racer and a PT local PT in the area. And, um, and also her, her friend um, or her, her uh, boyfriend who owns a local cycle shop. So I see a lot of cyclists for that very reason. And um, this guy five years ago had an insidious onset of really dramatic and ultra painful, great toe swelling um, he did, I don't really think he tried much PT, but he went on several courses of both antibiotics and anti-inflammatories. And I think after um, several courses of anti-inflammatories and some cortisone shots, I think the anti-inflammatories finally made it go down after maybe two to three months or so. Um, at, during that time, he was unable to really walk. He had to always wear sandals, whether it was in the winter or not. Um, And this just also happened again insidiously uh, five years later, which as of the time of this podcast was probably like maybe September or October 2021. So he presented to me and um, he was telling me this in his history. So I expected when I saw his toe that it was going to look like what I call Fred Flintstone toe, which if you're old enough, uh, you know, when Fred gets his like whatever foot run over, it's always like big red and pulsing, which is also what I thought felt like, uh, when I actually had a gout attack on my honeymoon.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Uh, they actually ruled out gout this time and I did ask him what his diet was. Um, but he's already plant-based and uh, a healthy plant-based at that. Cause some people who are plant-based just eat like whatever fries and stuff uh, and chips. So, um, that was pretty much ruled out and he was negative for any kind of like elevated uric acid counts. Um, uh, so this time Almost immediately, he tried some anti-inflammatories. That time, uh, it didn't work. He had a cortisone injection just the day before I saw him. And so his toe looked almost completely normal. Um, There was, He said, you know, even the day before, it was red and swollen, and he couldn't get it into any shoes. Um, It was actually a really cold winter day, or not winter day, but a November day in Buffalo. So he was wearing um, his sandals, which he normally wouldn't be wearing. He's a teacher normally, and you know he says he walks around a lot, and he's been having difficulty walking. But at the time he presented to me, a lot of the pain was gone, and he mostly had some soreness and um, some limited range. So when I assessed him, you know, one of the only big differences, and it's, it was actually a very minute difference that I could see, other than um, some decreased great toe plantar flexion and decreased great toe um, extension was that he had a very, very minor valgus. And, you know, I asked him if his toe was always like that. And he said, yeah, for as long as he could remember, um, he had just a a little bit of minor valgus, not even to the point where he's developing a bunion. So when I went further, you know, on into his history, both five years ago and recently, I asked him if anything changed about his training or about the event or um, about his equipment. And he said, yeah, you know, for whatever reason, there's this one pair of cycling shoes that he wears that it has a really narrow toe box and he wore them five years ago and he also wore them just recently (laughs) yeah so i said um you know do you think that has anything to do with it and he said yeah i i really I, i really think it does and i didn't think of it until you asked me um but that was the the basically the one thing i had in common So, you know, I'm mobilizing his foot, and of course I ruled out lumbar spine, I ruled out everything else, ruled out some neurodynamics, he did have um, some limited and painful neurodynamics on that side as well, Um, so I I couldn't completely rule that out, but, you know, trying like a mulligan-esque type approach, which I can't quite call mulligan because I don't teach for them, and I don't want to uh, get another seasoned assist, but it is very mulligan-esque, I just... Uh, straightened out his toe, which we're, again, we're talking like less than five degrees and then flexed it and extended it. And that made any of the end range repeated loading in plantar flexion completely pain-free. I, you know, and I tried adding a little media rotation, a little lateral rotation, and it turned out that a little bit of straightening of, um, his great toe, you know, according to where his metat- first metatarsal was, along with a little bit of internal rotation and repeated end range loading of plantar flexion, made that completely pain free, and then that made it so that he could go on tiptoes. Um, his great toe extension probably improved from sixty to at least eighty-five, with a going from a hard and painful end feel to a firm end feel, um, and he could you know he could easily push off and and weight bear. Wow. Yeah. So I gave that to him. He was he was really excited. And, you know, I basically said also throw away those shoes and, uh, you know, make sure that everything you wear probably from now on just to avoid, you know, build up of this, even though it's, again, it's been five years, just just wear, you know, Crocs at work or, you know, buy something like barefoot shoes with, with wide a really toe wide, box. wide toe box. And he, he, he said that, you know, he did find... Whether he was in running sneakers or whatever, he always found that the more um, the more wider the shoe was, the more comfortable he was. But he never really associated it with developing pain. And I can't say for sure, but it seems like just the high volume. Um, because again, five years ago he went on a, uh, a double bike ride, and I think after uh, this most recent onset, he also he competed in a race. Then he also went on something like another 40 mile bike ride right after that race in those same pairs of shoes.
0: Yeah. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of volume.
1: It is a lot of volume for a little toe. Yeah. Even if it's the great one.
0: Yeah. In certain, you know, certain sports sort of have like, you know, climbing for sure. Cause I have a very wide foot and it's hard to find, shoes that for climbing for wide feet. So there's regardless they're still going to be kind of tight they're designed for tight you know but cycling shoes are certainly tight a lot of times like soccer shoes ice skates those kinds of things um are, are very tight so certainly like i don't have any trouble because i'm only climbing for you know a couple hours a week versus like you know the the volume starts to starts to add up a lot
1: yeah um i mean i used to climb a lot in my early 20s and i since just basically haven't had the time for that because it's a very time-consuming thing but yeah i I remember you know slipping on slipping on and off the shoes the shoes that are like two to three sizes too small they basically keep your foot in a completely plantar flexed position so you could you know grip on all those really small holds and oh exactly i don't even think i could do it anymore since i've developed like metatarsalgia and i have to wear foot pads all the time i i only wear like crocs or barefoot or, compl- or very wide shoes. So yeah. I don't even know if I could climb anywhere. That's, it's sad. I still have climbing dreams though. I have climbing <laughs> dreams where I'm awesome at climbing and then I wake up and realize I'm probably not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andrew, where can people find you? People can
0: find me uh, Twitter, Instagram at, at a Rothschild PT. And of course uh, modern patient education and the book movers and mentors.
1: All right. Have a good one. Thanks. You too. Well, you can find me, uh, Dr. E, at Modern Rehab Mastery. That's our new online mentoring program. It includes modern manual therapy, modern patient education, and modern strength training. It's three months with three mentors, so one month with each mentor, four weeks, tons of modules, lots of CEUs, learn at your own pace for a month, then move on. Um, So go beyond the seminar. You also get chat room um, with... Your mentees and mentors, and live Q A's every week. Check out all my products: Edge Mobility System. We have the new Edge ISTM Toolbox that includes the Edge Mobility Star and the OG Edge Mobility Tool. Our Edge Restriction System BFR cuffs. That's part of Dr. Kyle Coffey's Strike Training BFR Certificate.